Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whoa. Okay, the only reason I have the guts to ask you to sit down is we'll come back and sing this again before we leave. Okay. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll bring it back. We'll bring it back one more time. Hallelujah. Wow, 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 wow. And the other reason I can dare to ask you to sit is I get to preach right now on the blood. Anybody believe in the blood of Jesus? You know, um, when I was a kid, I used to hear good preaching on the blood. And then by the time I got to college and then the early years after college, you hardly ever heard preaching on the blood. And I hate to tell you, but there are a lot of large churches in Atlanta that will never preach a sermon on the blood. And it's disgraceful. Um, and this morning, part of my goal, part of what's wired in me this morning is to tear down the unnecessary hindrances that have been kind of almost attached to the blood. And wrong thinking about the blood as if preaching on the blood is somehow primitive. How, it's, how we're too sophisticated for the blood. Or, or, or it's almost embarrassing to talk about the blood. It's, it's so stupid that we have submitted to such ridiculous, unnecessary obstacles toward owning and loving and taking hold of and utilizing the power of the blood of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, it says in the scriptures, they overcame him, the enemy, by the blood of the Lamb. How many of you think today we need more power to overcome the enemy? Well, it comes in the blood. You distance yourself from the blood, you're setting yourself up for failure. The book of Hebrews does not distance itself from, from the blood. 22 times the word blood appears in the book of Hebrews. Now we pick it up from where we left off last week in chapter 9, verse 22, where it says toward the end, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Now, there, there's kind of a, a bottom line statement. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Not a little, no forgiveness. If anybody feels like you need forgiveness or somebody else does, there, there's, it, it's impossible apart from blood. The only way for there can be any forgiveness flowing in within us or out from us is because of blood sacrifice. But quickly, when we get to Hebrews 10, there is a distinction made because the fact is not all blood is created equal. We've learned medically that there's... A blood marked A and B, A, B and, and O and A positive and A negative and you have to get the right blood type matched up from the donor to the, to the needy person to receive the transfusion. Well, similarly, God understands the way blood is created and he knows when there's a match and there isn't a match and the fact is that even... Uh, 
blood labeled O, which is called the universal donor, is not always a perfect match. It's sometimes far from it. And even O can be tainted blood. But the blood of Jesus, Jesus is the universal donor, and his blood is in a category all by itself. And so we come in Hebrews chapter 10 to verse 4 to say it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. This may surprise you, but every Orthodox Jew knows this. You may think, well, the writer of Hebrews was was serving notice to to the Orthodox Jews of the day that they didn't know, that that they thought that the blood of of not human sacrifice, but animal sacrifice would somehow make atonement for human sin. There's not a Jew on earth that believes that. Jews understand that all the, the animal sacrifices of the Old Testament was never intended to take away sin. So what's being said here in Hebrews 10 verse 4 was common knowledge of the Jews of the day. But I want to show you something. This is kind of profound. Every Jew knows that the the blood that was sacrificed in the Levitical priestly system that God established through Moses and it existed for many generations in the Old Testament that all that blood was pointing to other blood that was yet to be shed. And here's how it works. You see, the Bible says in three different places that Christ was slain before the foundation of the world. Now what this means is, in the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Before there were nations, before there was the earth, the galaxies, solar systems, before anything physical was created, there was in the heart and being of God already the plan, the strategy that the Son of God would shed his blood one day for a people not yet created, on a planet not yet created, but that that blood would one day be shed. Now, so what this means is, when God realized, or in the, in the overall plan of God, that his son would need to shed his blood to redeem a people not even created yet, his son would need a body. And that body would need to be born through a woman, and that woman needed a tribe, a people group to belong to, and so God created the Jewish nation. But in order for that to happen, there needed to be people. So God created a planet where the people would exist and where cultures and and races would develop on the planet so that one day, his son would come with a body born through that particular tribe of people to sacrifice his blood on behalf of all people to redeem us. So when, when God then established the killing of animals, he did so every animal that was killed would point to the future death of his son, Jesus Christ. 
It says in 2 Chronicles, the Old Testament book of 2 Chronicles, Chronicles is basically the, the recap of all of Israel's history until that point. In chapter 7 of the second book of Chronicles, it says that when David, uh, when Solomon dedicated the temple, he sacrificed, now listen to this, 122,000 animals. 122,000 in one day. I don't want to be disgusting, but I mean, you couldn't put that many animals in this building. If you could somehow pile them up on top of each other. I mean, we're talking about a mess of blood sacrifice. But all 122,000 animals that were sacrificed, every one of them was pointing to the death of Jesus. Not one ounce, not one drop of blood that was shed from any of those animals forgave anybody's sins, and they all knew it. It was all pointing to the death of Jesus. And that's why the next verse says here in Hebrews 10, verse 5, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body, a physical body you have prepared for me. Because in order for there to be the sacrifice of my blood, I've got to have a body. And then he says in verse 7, then I said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written for me. Well, when did Jesus say that? Well, he said it really through his whole life, but he said it explicitly when he was in the garden and he was pleading with God, uh, Lord, let this cup pass from me. I mean, how is it that I'm, gonna, I'm supposed to die? And, and it wasn't just the, the torment of the physical death on the cross or the scourging of the, the whipping, but the transfusion, the infusion of the corruption of humanity all put into Jesus who never knew any sin, ever, from before there was sin. But now imputed into Jesus is the sin of humanity. So here he's saying that prayer, not my will, but yours be done. And it's the fulfillment of these verses of his will being the harness to the will of God and the, 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 to fulfill the need for the perfect blood transfusion from the perfect person, the sinless one who like a lamb was slain, but like a person with uncontaminated blood so that that blood could be given to you and to me. The blood. Now, at this point, I want to do two things. I want to show us from medicine the two purposes of blood. Basically, the blood that's going through you right now is, is doing two things. It's removing your toxins, the waste, and it's replenishing nutrients to your body. Those two things. But to show you the connection between what your physical blood does inside of you without you even thinking about it, and what the blood of Jesus does without you even thinking about it, I want to just show you this. So, now... In Hebrews 10, I want you to follow with me. Verse 4, it says here, the blood of bulls and goats 
cannot take away sins. I want you to circle take away. Cannot take away sin. Then go down to verse 10. For by that we will have been, we have been sanctified, circle the word sanctify, through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Then to verse 11, which can never take away, I want you to circle the word take away, sins. The, the sacrifice that the priests performed uh, year after year were, were unable to take away. Again, circle the word take away. And then finally, verse 14, for by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Circle the word sanctified. So what you've got now here in Hebrews 10 is the same reality of what happens medically constantly from your bloodstream now illustrating the beauty of the blood of Jesus that takes away, you've circled it twice, verse 4 and verse 11, takes away. The blood of animals cannot take away sin, but the blood of Jesus takes away your toxicity, takes away your self-hatred, takes away your pride, your selfishness, your anger issues, all that. The blood of Jesus removes that from you, and then I asked you to circle the word sanctify. Verse 10, we have been sanctified. Verse 14, who are being sanctified. The word sanctified means to be made holy or to receive from Jesus his life, his virtue, his blessing. So do you see, take away is the removal. Sanctifying is the impartation or the receiving. It's the two parts, it's the two rolls of blood. Removes the garbage and brings in the blessing, the new life. Now let me just explain this medically. The adult human body has 60,000 miles of blood vessels. So just look at the person next to you. 60,000 miles of blood vessels. If you were somehow able to string your your uh, arteries and veins and capillaries end to end, they would go around the earth. One person would go around the earth two and a half times. You just can't imagine it. Now let me tell you something else. Every second, the blood in your body, in that blood, every second, four million bl red blood cells die. Every second. There are, there are another four, four just, just died. I mean, think of this. Four million red blood cells die every second. That means they have to be hauled out. So that's kind of, and they have to be replaced. Every second, your bone marrow produces another four million red blood cells that pop out of your, your, your bone marrow without even an effort and jump into your bloodstream. Now, let me add something that's really wild. Your, every, every uh, blood molecule in your body circulates throughout the body every minute. Your red blood cells run the gamut 
of your body 200,000 times. And then on the 200,000th and first time around, there's a, there's an, it, they are automatically ejected in your body. Yes. And it, four million of them are ejected every second. I mean, this is, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. But so, so, brothers and sisters, of all people, we should not be so snooty, so arrogant, so, so sophisticated to say, oh, don't talk about blood. It weirds me out. Blood is primitive. Um, we're not washed in the blood. Oh, you're not? Then you're dead. If you're not being washed... You are being washed in the blood. We're not talking about washing your clothes. We're not talking about gargling with blood. We're talking about internal cleansing going on constantly in your body. And that's why we believe in the blood of Jesus. And we shouldn't be ashamed to, to lift up the power and the miracle-working power of the blood of Jesus in our lives. So the human heart, the human heart is a 10-ounce muscle. And it contracts, on average, 100,000 times a day. And every day, that 10-ounce muscle pumps 200,000 gallons of blood every day. 200,000 gallons of blood is pumped by your heart every day. You just can't imagine that. Well, on average, a person's heart beats two and a half billion times in a lifetime, pumping 60 billion gallons of blood without ever taking a break. At the point of conception, when, when an egg in a woman is fertilized, within three weeks, the heart will start beating. Three weeks. In 14 weeks, the infant heart in a baby pumps seven gallons of blood every day. The kid's only the size of your thumb, but the, the beating of that heart circulates the equivalent of all that blood, seven gallons a day. Why? Because we produce waste. One of the great illustrations of the need for cleansing in the blood. Some of us still work out. I mean, even at my age, I enjoy push-ups. Anyway. But when you, when you lift, when you lift and you do exercise, have you ever heard the expression, you feel the burn? Well, the burn is the need to get rid of toxins. You've got a buildup of carbon dioxide urea, and uric acid. That's what the burn is. That's the garbage inside you that's the waste of exercise. That's the burn. That's the burn proves the need to take out the garbage and to replenish with proper nutrients. But the ultimate blessing of the blood of Jesus 
is that it gives life. It gives new life. Life from the dead. Many, we have many doctors, nurses, and medical profession people in our church. We love them. We pray for them. We're proud of them. And we, we hope that many of our young people will, will grow to be uh, nurses, doctors, and work in the medical profession. But I'll tell you what makes it for any medical student, pre-med student, any, any RN in training. It's the moment in the ER when someone is wheeled in from maybe an ambulance, their skin looks plastic. Their lips are, are light. Uh, there, there's no sign of life at all. In fact, you couldn't get a pulse. But they're hoped to be alive. And they immediately order the right blood type and they click it on the, the metal pole. And the first bag, and, and the, the, the tube is inserted in the, in the victim by needle. And the bag drains quickly. And the second bag drains quickly. And the, the third, by the third, this is what happens. The, the skin color comes back. The, the lip color comes back. And, and then there's a spasmatic, <laughs> the first breath. And then there's a fluttering of the eyes. And then a squinting as if seeing light for the first time ever. And then they gain consciousness. It's basically resurrection. Life is returned. It's the, it's the miracle of the blood. It's right before your eyes. It's, the, it's what happens when blood enters a near-dead body. The oxygen-starved brain suddenly starts hitting on all cylinders because the blood is back. The oxygen is back. Life is back. And that miracle that takes place about five million times a year is what hooks every medical student or nurse saying, I could give my life to this. It's seeing that take place. That's, that's what I sign on for as a medical professional, to see that happen. But that miracle is the miracle of blood. It's the miracle of blood. It's what makes the difference between death and life. And that's why the scripture says there's power in the blood. The universal donor, Jesus, bled out. You know, when he hung from the cross, the last wound he got was after he had breathed his last. But to prove his death, rather than breaking his legs uh, like other crucifixion victims were often uh, experienced to, to speed up the, the death process. They, from beneath him, they took a Roman spear with a tip about 12 inches long and punctured his side. Well, when you think about this, it, he, Jesus was not at eye level, so that the spear didn't come in this way. Jesus was above. The heat, the, his feet may have been at head level, but his side would have been well above them. And the, the, the Roman spear that went into him went up under the rib cage, punctured into his pericardium. And that's why it says that outflowed blood and water. The water around the body fluid that had come because of the infection around his heart and the stress of that, and then the blood. But 
doctors will tell you that the human body has five to six units of blood and virtually every drop was drained out of Jesus by that wound. So Jesus not only shed a little blood like a few drops, every drop of Jesus' blood was shed for you and me. And it wasn't just to clean you out on the inside and to give you something uh, that you didn't have by way of nutrients and to sustain you. But that, and hear me carefully, the purpose of the transfusion of Jesus' blood is so that you can have relationship with God. Verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. What's he talking about? He's talking about a relationship here. You and I get to, to enter the presence of the eternal God by the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. It's not because of who your pastor is. It's not because of who your mama is. It's not because of who your daddy is. It's because of the blood of Jesus. There's one reason you can enter the, the holy place, the get, into, get in on God's good side. It's because of the blood of Jesus. Jesus' blood, his blood, makes it possible for you to access God anytime with confidence, with confidence, with confidence. And so it ends up saying in verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart of full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. Hallelujah. That's the bottom line of the blood of Jesus. It's not just to forgive your sins when you were six years old. It's not just to, 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 uh, so that when you die you get to be with God. It's so that today and forever you can have relationship with God and you can come boldly before him and you can be yourself in God's presence. The blood of Jesus gives you access. It gives you access. And some of us are still on our gurneys. Get off your gurney. We sang this morning, get up, get up, get up. Get up out of your grave. Don't just believe in the blood. Let your life be an example of the resurrection power of God. Live differently. Love your children. Love your parents. Love your neighbors. Give. Live generously. Hallelujah. 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 You know, the Bible says, perhaps for a good person, you might be willing to lay down your life. But God, while we were yet sinners, sent his son to die. Yes. Once in a while, I love human interest stories. It's part of why I love reading the daily news feeds. But this past week, there was a kid a Texas kid who was in a, um, he was in a rodeo, Cody Hooks. And he was a bull rider of all things. He's a kid. I think his dad was a bull rider, and so what does a bull rider dad do? He raises a bull rider, I guess. But he trained his son to be a bull rider, 
Well, this week they were at a rodeo and Cody got bucked off the bull, as I think, you, uh, don't you always get bucked off the bull? I mean, anyway, well, the bull made a, a turn, and despite the, the rodeo attendant's best efforts, um, the bull charged the boy, laying face plant down in the dirt. And so his dad jumps out of the stands, runs out on the floor, and throws his body over Cody's body and shielded him from getting gored or trampled, and the father took it. Now, the good news is the father was not badly injured. The go he wasn't gored through his, his, uh, his body. But it's a, it's a powerful, beautiful picture of what we would do for someone that we love, someone that we're close to. For a good person, we would, I think most of us here would be willing to take one uh, for, for somebody. But the fact is, when God sent his son, it wasn't for his children that he did this. He did, he did it for his enemies. For the very people, while Jesus was on the cross, he was dying for the people that put him there. That's another whole level. I love human greatness and reading about it. Um, just finished a great book on seven... The lives of seven great people. And um, I love music, arts, creativity. We all admire athletic greatness. The beginning of every year, I enjoy recording and then watching in my leisure the Rose Bowl Parade with the beautiful floats, all created out of flowers, seeds, plants. Gorgeous, gorgeous. But the one that gets me every year is the float of the organ donors. They have it every year. And on the float are the recipients of organs who are alive today because of somebody who gave their life for them. But Around the float are murals painted, or what, I mean, they're not painted, but you know what I mean? They're portrayed by seeds and herbs and spices and natural color of the murals and faces of the very people who lost their life in order to give an organ to the people that are on the float. It's... it's this, they do it every year. It so moves me. And here's what I think about. Heaven is going to be full of parades. There's going to be parades in heaven. You think Disney World's got the corner on the market with parades? I guarantee you uh, theirs will pale in comparison to the parades we're going to have every day. We're all going to, oh, hey, it's parade time, and we're going to come out, and, and, and you know, some of us are going to get to ride on the floats, and, and we may not be organ recipients, but we've all received transfusions. And there won't be the pictures of organ donors. The, it, the only face that will be on the float other than yours and mine is Jesus. Because it's his blood that got us to that parade in heaven. Wow. Wow.
Hallelujah. And for that reason, church, I implore you, draw near to God. Have a relationship with Father and with His Son, Jesus. Did you know that when we're in heaven, I don't think it means that we're all going to be wearing the same outfit, but somehow we're all going to be so clean that it's going to look like we've got white clothes on. Now some of us, just I can't see some of us in like, you know, we got some friends that, that I just can't see in all white, but they're, they're going to be clean. But there's going to be one person that's going to look different, and it's Jesus, because Jesus' outfit is, is, is crimson, it's scarlet. It's like a burnt cherry or a deep red. And he's going to have the only one, the only one who will have lingering scars. Oh, don't ever think with the billions of people we're going to see in heaven that you're going to have any trouble spotting Jesus because he's going to be the only one wearing red. You know why? So that you and I, for all eternity, will elevate the blood. The blood. The blood. That's why Jesus said when he served communion, I'm not going to do this again until I do it with you in heaven. The communion that we had this morning, we're going to be doing this forever. Here's to you, Jesus. Who knows how how often? It may be every day. Oh, it's parade time and then communion time. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus. It's, it's powerful. We sang that powerful song about believe. You said it, I believe it. You said it, it is done. And then we sang the blood. So I want to put those two songs together and say, okay, you've heard about the blood. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe in the blood? Do you believe in the, that, that you can receive a figuratively, a transfusion from Jesus and that your life can change. That's what God offers you today. God wants you to receive the blood. He wants you to receive the power in the blood. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me this morning? We are going to sing this again, but before that, I want to just give you an opportunity to put your life under the blood, to say, Jesus, I, I take your blood today for me. I, I, I need your transfusion. I need you to take the garbage out of my soul and I need an infusion of your love and your goodness and kindness and your virtue inside of me. Change me from the inside. I want the power of the blood at work in my life so that I can relate to you, so that I can be myself with you. If that sounds good to you this morning, could you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand. God bless you. Father God, just keep your hand up. Father, you see my hand. Lord, I take the blood. I take the blood. Lord, wash me. Wash me this morning. Take out my garbage. Lord, like garbage piled up in the street, Lord, get, it, get the garbage out from our bloodstream. And Lord, put in its place nutrients that we can only get from you. 
Change us from the inside out. I receive that. And I declare the power of the blood over my life. I declare the power of the blood of Jesus over my family. I declare the power of the blood of Jesus over, over our church family, over my community, over my marriage, over my children, over my neighbors. And Lord, over, over all the peoples of the earth, you are no respecter of persons. Lord, over, over those that have been treated unjustly, we declare the power of the blood, the redemption of the blood of Jesus. For the wounded, Lord, the power of the blood of Jesus. For the forsaken, the hopeless, we declare power, we declare hope in the blood of Jesus. And we declare, Lord, victory, overcoming power in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah.